uh, when I feel like I'm not roping good. I feel like it's not so much my roping that, that, that's having an issue, it's my riding that's having an issue. Mm-hmm. And I find that, that with most students that I help with, that 90% of the stuff that, that I help with is horsemanship and how to ride the horse and stay with the horse better and get the best out of the horse. And I. This is season three of The Score, the Team Roping Journal's regular podcast where the team roping world talks. We've told the stories of some of the greatest cowboys, horses, and moments in the sport, and we're so far from done. In 2020, we'll bring you more of what you've come to expect, like interviews with the best cowboys and cowgirls we know, and we'll dive even deeper into subjects you care about. Look for more audio editions of the Team Roping Journal stories you might have missed in print, and learn about the great horses shaping the sport and great challenges facing our industry. All this and more in 2020. I'm Chelsea Schaefer. Hey everyone, welcome to The Score. Our guest today is Cesar De La Cruz, perhaps the most popular guest we've ever had. And that's for good reason. In our first interview from 2019 with the nine-time NFR healer, De La Cruz opened up about his upbringing on the rough side of Tucson and how it shaped the roper and the man he is today. I promise you we've not had any conversation like that one with Cesar. So this time around, I catch up with De La Cruz as he decides to go home after a brutal 2020 season that was mired with rodeo cancellations and a whole lot of long drives between the few rodeos that there were. Caesar's shifting his focus to teaching groping lessons and making great horses, and he's regrouping for 2021. In the process, he's reflecting on the horse-making journey and how he's grown and changed since the early years of his career. I'm so glad Caesar and I have been friends for so long and that we're able to have a conversation like this. I think it's really valuable, especially for young ropers and, and people who are kind of making their path in the world because Caesar's really candid about how tough it is right now and how life after rodeo is becoming a reality for him. Enjoy this episode. Thank you all so much for listening and thanks to Caesar for a great conversation. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Fastback Ropes. So enjoy the episode, and I will talk to you more at the commercial break in the middle of the show. Hey, Caesar, what are you doing? Well, I'm just kind of easing around, uh, just just living the good life over here in Colorado. Yeah. Now, did you come from, where did you come from that you ended up here in Colorado right now? My uh, last rodeo was Castle Rock, and uh, I was there yesterday afternoon at a performance. And, uh, right now in Colorado, it's, it's sure does deep Arizona weather right now, so you're going to hang out yeah. for a couple of days and, and uh, head to some rodeos. Now, you said your last rodeo. Are you entered anywhere else for the rest of the summer? Tell me what your plans are. Uh, my plans are right now. Uh, didn't win win much last the last month, so I'm gonna kind of uh, start doing a few lessons the month of August, and then pick back up in September again. Is what I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to do. Gotcha. So this has been the weirdest year in rodeo history. Has like tell me how has your experience been throughout COVID nineteen and with what's been going on in rodeo. Well, me personally, I, I, it, was, it was a strange deal for me. Um, I was at Houston at the rodeo, 
and I was fixing the rope and the next set of guys I got there early Houston's got one of the best uh, pro rodeo committees and uh, they, they take care of us over there so I'm just so pumped up I'm glad to be there and then they say you gotta go home it's, it's gonna be a pandemic uh, everything's gonna get shut down and so I I was terrified you know I got three little boys and just kind of you know cra- crazy times we're living in right now and, and uh, so when, when it all, I was wondering how I'm going to make a living. This is what I've done ever since I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. I've dedicated my life to, to trying to try to make a living with my rope. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And when they shut down rodeos and roping and stuff, I'm, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm terrified. How am I going to support my family now? And so thankfully, I, I, I have some great friends from uh, South Dakota, Neil, Neil Wandless and uh, Jody Wandless. They they took really good care of me. They sent me a handful of horses and kind of kept me going there. And you know when the rodeos picked back up, it, it was kind of sad. Uh, some of my favorite rodeos when I first come out rodeoed the, the, the Cheyennes, the the Houston's, the the Pendletons. Those are my all time favorite rodeos, and, and I get a different feeling at those rodeos. It's, it's a, kind of a different rush, I guess. But now. They, they canceled all the, the major rodeos. They, I mean, Cheyenne has been going on through the Great Depression, through all the World Wars, the First and Second World War and stuff. It's like, it, it, it's amazing how the COVID deal really shut down um, a lot of the stuff. But to be honest with you, the last few months, there's a lot, a lot of little fair rodeos that usually don't get much uh, teams or contestants at them. Like, uh, just last week, I was at... Uh, Sydney, Iowa, and I was talking to a gentleman. They had double the teams that they usually have, or double double in every event. They had to have a black and a bull riding and, and the saddle bump riding. So all the little fair rodeos are really getting a boost out of this. Like it's the, the rodeo coming into town, and so I'm real. It's kind of cool. I've never been to Iowa for for the rodeos and to see when when when, when I hear the expression. Uh, corn-fed, Midwestern type, but like I know with that, like cornfields are everywhere out there, and it's you know the weather was nice in the summertime, and like the people love the rodeo out there. It's kind of cool, but yeah, like the COVID, the COVID thing is really kind of it's, it's been a weird, weird stage in, in, in my rodeo career, and I never, I never even thought about it. You know, I guess I thought about it I'm getting too old. You know, like, what am I going to do when, when I can't go rodeo no more? And I got a kind of a smack in the face, you know, right, right over there in Houston. And it's like, I, I need to find another way to make a living. And so uh, doing lessons, a few private lessons, uh, got me through the COVID deal and did some outside horses from, from a few, few people really, really helped out. Kind of, like I said, take the deal to make a living. As a man or like as a provider for your family, this would have been, like you're saying, a really concerning time and a really hard time to think about how you're going to support your family and, and how like seeing those little boys and, and worrying about how you're going to feed them. That was probably like a different thing than you've ever felt before or a different feeling than you've ever felt before, maybe. Uh, very much so. It was kind of a kind of a little bit of a helpless feeling. Like I just 
you know, like it, it, it was, you know, God, God blessed me with, with the ability to rope and stuff. I found that out at a uh, young age when I was put on this earth to do. And so being able to uh, kind of have it to go back and, and, and like, you want to make a living with your rope, you need to find another way to make a living with your rope and, and helping the next generation of ropers and, and helping people enjoy roping is what I enjoy doing too. And then, um, you know, training horses, I've always, I've always enjoyed doing that. So like, like, like you said, it was, it was, uh, um, it was a different time because like I, I've, I've always provided, provided with, uh, the family with my rope. And so it's, 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 it's been a, it's, it's been a growing experience for me. I've, 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 I've learned a lot about myself and what, what I can do. I just, my mind straight and yeah did you have you ever given a lot of roping lessons before is it something that new to you or is it something you would do sometimes in the winter in arizona like tell me about your roping lesson program it, it's, it's something i never really uh I, I did a whole lot it was just every now and again um, you know I, I i would just do it just uh, i learned a lot from cleo brand cooper when i was a, you know part of some, some uh, roping, uh, like I was team roping, uh, total team roping. Uh, Clay was my hero, and I followed followed him, um, and and he taught me a lot about how to explain roping and to break it down for the person to understand. And to be honest with you, that that was that was huge for me. And and after you know, is be honest with you, explaining team roping. To, to somebody that's never done it before uh, is, is very, 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 very hard. And, and yeah. teaches somebody to, to even hold the rope the proper way or, you know, how the swing works and let's rope the dummy. And now let's get on a horse and learn how to do it on the horse. All those steps a person needs to know, uh, like I take for granted. I, I, when I go practice and I, I don't even think about anything but trying to make my horse work right, and it, I, it comes second nature to me. Explaining somebody how to do it, uh, something that, that, that is second nature to you, is, is very, very difficult. And spending time with Cleo, like I said, really helped me learn to explain it. So I, I say probably my mid-20s, uh, I'm 37 now, is when I started doing it a little bit. And, and now I'm finding out that I can I, uh, help the people with the roping can can help me provide for my family, so it, it's it, it's working out really good. And um, like I said, I was glad to hang out with Cleo because he learned me how to, taught me how to explain it the the, the easy way, basically, where where everybody can learn how to rope. Yeah, and I feel like maybe if you're doing it while you're competing, maybe you might learn some things, even if you're like talking to a group of like fours and fives it might remind you of some core elements that you should focus on, like that you haven't thought about. And it's like, man, maybe I should be worrying about this more than, you know, than other things. When you're in the middle of it, you kind of forget the the fundamentals. And I bet it brings you back to some foundational stuff. Absolutely. Uh, out, out here, when, I, when I'm rodeoing, um, when I feel like I'm not roping good, I feel like it's not so much my roping that, that's, that's having an issue, it's my riding having an issue mm-hmm. and I find that that with most 
students that I help with that 90% of the stuff that, that I help with is horsemanship and how to ride the horse and stay with the horse better and get the best out of the horse. And I, to be honest with you, hanging out with Dakota Kurtz's logger uh, five years ago when he decided to quit rodeo and, 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 and uh, he broke it down one afternoon and, and tried to you know, and, and talk about the horse show stuff. And, and we, he mentioned to me about he wanted me to help him out, but we got to learn. Uh, we got to. I got to start riding better, you know? and so we, I kind of went on that journey with him. And like I was telling you, the last five years I've learned so much about my roping and, my, and how to how to ride a horse. Uh, 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 horses that were always kind of when I was coming up that were hard to ride were horses that were real free, that run real hard, that, that had big stops, but kind of controlling the stop, you know, not letting it stop too hard sometimes. Anyways. Like uh, learning how to ride with my legs help, would help the horses out a lot more. I didn't do that before. Now that I'm able to, to do that up, my my range of horsepower is changing a lot. I can ride show horses, but, and I can get my rodeo horses too. And, 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 and that's really kind of um, kind of got another love for for, for rope because it's always challenging. It, it seems like every time you get on a different horse, the the horsemanship is always going to change a little bit. You have to ride this horse a certain way, and I feel like the greats, like uh, JD8, and, and uh, you know, Joseph Harris is my age, and I think he's one of one of the best horsemen around. Um, guys like that, their their ability to ride a horse is, is uncanny, and 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 the, the feel that they have for the animal is just awesome. And, and to get the best, they any horse that they get on, they can absolutely get the very best out of that horse, and that's kind of what I'm learning. And, and what I'm trying to pass on to, to other ropers because I feel a lot of a lot of times that the, the lower level roper is, is kind of more in their horse's way as far as being off balance or pulling on them or kicking them when they shouldn't be kicking them um, and, and helping them figure out the horse where they can they can uh, get the very best out of the animals is, is what I try to help out a lot with now. And now Dakota's doing, obviously, we had a big story in a, a few issues ago about Dakota and what he's doing, but he's doing the cow horse stuff. Are you experimenting with any cow horse stuff or is your work happening on rope horses, on young horses? Where are you putting in the work on your horsemanship or are, have you done any cow horse stuff? I, I, I haven't I haven't reached the level of my, uh, in my cow horse ability to go out there and try to compete at it, but I found out that spending time with Dakota and his, and his journey and trying to do the cow horse stuff. And I go hang out with him and I'm, I'm riding with him and we're doing cow horse stuff. I find out how, how the, how the similarities of how I want my horses to work. Um, the cow horse guys make them horses do exactly what I want a heel horse to feel like. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, how, for example, turning one off the fence, I want, want a horse to be able to throttle and, and, and kind of get in the rhythm with the cow. And then when I go to turn the, the cow off the fence, I want my horse to be able to, to have his hind end down, accelerating through, to be able to push through to stay with the cow as I turn the cow off the fence. And, and circling him, uh, I found that that's really good for the horse to learn to kind of keep his distance and stuff like that. And then the, the, the reining pattern that they do. Um, my warm-up warm, warm session uh, do a lot of the 
I do a lot of circles, a lot of trotting circles to the right, to the left. I pull on my horses a little bit more, trying to get the feel, um, trying to get them soft in the bit, more feel in my legs. And and when I when I warm up my horses like that, and I do that to the young horses, when I go to rope on them, they understand what I'm wanting to do more, and I have less of a fight with them when it comes down to trying to train them or trying to teach them to do something. They 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 are more responsive to what I want. And then if I'm finding out with these guys that the less I rope on them and put the roping kind of pressure on them and more kind of the cow pressure and put them on, like making sure they're riding around and the raining pressure, making sure they ride around the proper way, that they actually enjoy the roping a lot more. When I, when I take, when I start putting that, the roping pressure on them, they take that. They, they, mm-hmm. they actually like it because they get to chase the cow. They get to do kind of fun stuff. You know, I, I, I just really uh, kind of, I, I thank my buddy Dakota all the time for for taking his time with me because, like, uh, I, I really didn't, I, I made the finals and stuff like that, but I really didn't know how to how to break the horse down and how to make them work accordingly. You know, he told me that the horse hinges in different places. You know, how they break at the pole, they break at the neck, they, they bend at the, the back and they, they at the hind end. So if you could make them all, work together, get them to slide, get them to turn, you get them to do everything. If you're if they're not broke properly, you're not going to be able to get them to do the right thing unless because the horse to me is the most one of the most amazing animals there is. And and they're so smart that they figure out a way because they try to please you so much that they, they figure out a way even if they're not broke, they'll work for you. They figure out a way to do it. And uh, not all the time, you know, some, sometimes you put a lot of pressure on a horse, they, they go the other way, they're fight or flight, you know, so um, it, it, either they either run off or scared or they turn up or fucking or fight, they fight back, you know, so um, mm-hmm. lear- learning to get a horse really, really dope and spending that time with a horse makes my roping job better and easier. I'm sure, you know, you, you talk to, to like, like, uh, you know, Billy Jack Savings of Dakota and Joseph Harrison, those guys will all agree that the more broke you can get the horse, the better off his, his team roping journey will be. Which is so funny because, like, I mean, I'm not saying Annie Oakley or Johnny Ringo weren't broke, but Annie Oakley was, like, three when you started healing on her, right? When you started jackpotting yeah. on her, wasn't she super young? Yeah, she she was she was three when I was going uh, roping on her quite a bit, and I, I was taking her to open ropings when she was four and rodeos and stuff so and and i i didn't spend enough time with her like I, you know you always wish i feel like uh, i talked to an old man uh, it, uh a gentleman told me that horses you know you spend five years of your life riding horses you feel like the the, the five years prior you didn't know nothing and then now you spend another five years with the horse the horses and then it's like man i I'm learning. You learn so much more all the time, and I feel like some of the greatest horsemen, like I mentioned, J.D. Yates, his, his he knows so much. And I got to visit with Dick Yates a little bit, and and his knowledge of horsepower and and what a horse is supposed to be like and work like is just. just I, I wish some guys would write a book, you know, because they they mm-hmm. know so much about it, and 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 I feel, you know, trying to be around around any any kind of rain cow horse or rainer cutters that 
that do a really good job. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a real fan of uh, Adon Benuelos. I've known him ever since he was, uh, you know, 16, 17, and he's always had a real, real great feel for a horse, and he, he wrote for a little while and then went back to, to cutting again. But anytime a person, a roper, gets to hang out with, with those kind of people and learn how to get their horse to maneuver the way, you know, the natural way, the way they're supposed to, will in turn make the roping better. So that's kind of what I feel like that's what I try to teach most at, at, at my roping clinics and schools is, is horsemanship. Because that's nowadays that I've been going to these rodeos and, and the game keeps changing and getting faster and faster. And every time I get to thinking how, how much faster could it possibly get, uh, it gets faster. And, and the guys are getting more consistent at it. And so um, I'm finding out, though, the, the, the more you can use your horse, you can pull tenths of a second off the clock here and there, will we'll, we'll make you a faster roper. And that's, that's kind of what I'm learning now. Yeah. Have your tools changed? Were you like a, a chain port kind of guy? five years ago and now you're evolved into you know more solid bits are you riding in snaffles more or or are the tools just tools like tell me about the bits and if you've evolved in your bit selection at all my i got such a wide variety of bits um i got darnell bits i got carrie kelly's um i got sunny silvas i got pesca's i got everything that i i got uh I really like riding correctionals, um, you know, or, and I'm learning. I'm, I didn't know how to ride solid mouthpiece uh, bits as much as I, I can. I'm getting better at that now. Um, <clears throat> and I feel like the, the bit is very important. It is, I, I used to just use one bit all the time, but I found out rotating bits from time to time really helps keep the horse's mouth soft. And, and keeping them throttled back because that's that's real 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 big for me because I want my horse to be able to kind of throttle and kind of read the cow really good and then when the headlift goes on I want them to accelerate a little bit and go up the arena one stride to be able to get to the very end of the steers uh, hop you know the the, the they call the guys call they ride to the end of it that's what they mean by riding to the end of it to the end of the hop mm-hmm. and and uh, ha- having having a soft feel for your horse um, really important so when I'm lear- learning from Dakota I, I, I bought a horse from Dakota a, a while back and he told me this horse you know, when you warm him up you need to put a, a ring snaffle or some kind of something light and you to kind of halfway get him where he's, he's softened a bit and you stop him turn him around do everything with his bit and then you don't know, put a tie down with that bit you ride him get him ridden where he's soft and that thing and then whenever you go compete the bit that you're wanting to go rodeo on, you put a tie down the bit, you go, you go rope. But when you warm him up, it's, you got to get that horse soft. Whenever I bought that horse in the coat, I, I, I thought, you know, but if I tried that with all the horses I get, that'll probably make a difference. So, you know, riding around now, I try to have, a, you know, staffle bits or uh, um, anything kind of, I, I got an Argentine, Argentine snaffle bit. Um, I've got a few different, different bits that I, that I really like, but um, just trying to keep the horse's mouth soft and, and, and trying to get, get find a bit that the horse likes is, is, is very important too. I've rode horses that sometimes they like chain bits. They, and to me, a chain bit has a lot of feel as far as 
not going to have as much blow with those. Um, you're going to, they'll be in your hand a little bit more, but, um, I've been learning to ride more correctional bits or more solid mouthpiece bits. Those kind of bits, you got to be light with your hands and you're going to probably, you're going to have to release a lot more. Um, uh, you're going to have to riding with these, these show horse guys now and, and going to the rope course maturities, putting your hand down is very, very important for the score. Uh, allows the judge to see the horse work. And, and, and see how much work they can do by themselves. And so if you can put your hand down and pick up and then put your hand down again, uh, it's, it's very, very important. So I'm, I'm learning how to put my hand down. And the new little heel horse I've had for two years now, I call him Lucky Bucky. Uh, his name is Lucky Luciano. Kind of mm-hmm. uh, call him Lucky Bucky for short. But he is, when I, when I got him, he was the kind of horse that would... Uh, you to get strong in the bit. The harder you pulled, the harder he would pull. The lighter you were with him, the lighter he would be with you. So, um, and then riding him around the ring stuff and getting to where he feels soft and then putting the rodeo bit on him or jackpot bit on him. And then he, he feels really soft that way. So it's a pretty important. And, and like, I, I, I didn't know how much, you know, tie downs are pretty important. Uh, you know, like a, a, a leather tie down, I don't use a leather tie down as much on my heel horses. Uh, I feel leather tie down is good for head horses. They need to kind of lean on it just a little bit to, 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 for the handle and, and, and whatnot. But the heel horse, I, I, I use a little more so like a rope tie down a lot of times, sometimes a two strand rope tie down, but, uh, that'll make a difference in, in, in the feel on the horse too. Um, whether you put a softer tie down on them, versus a, a, a more aggressive tie-down, say like a rope tie-down, they, they're not going to lean into a rope tie-down. It's kind of, they're going to go only so far, and they're going to want to bid up. And that's that's what I want my horse to feel like when he's coming around the corner. I want him to bid up real nice. That allows his hind end to get down, allows him to work whenever they get their hind end down like that. And it gets them ready for the jerk, too, which is pretty important. Uh, when I talk about trying to uh, shave off tenths of a second off the clock, if your horse is in the right position when you do heel and you go to dally and you get a step or two off your horse and get the steer to come back with you, it'll pull a tenth of a second off the clock. Yeah. I, Trevor and I just did a thing on tie downs and he said pretty much the same thing that, that you said as far as he, you know, Trevor, even on his head horses prefers a, a rope nose tie down because he doesn't want them leaning into it. Like you said that, or yeah, yeah the, the rope nose tie down is definitely the best for keeping them in the bridle was was his take on it so seems spot on right. when he says something he's, he's he's the king he's like Cleo to me when, it, when Trevor says something you listen and and, and he, he's he's not gonna lead you down the wrong wrong trail he's gonna he's gonna send you down the right path yeah I'm so glad we've done as much as we have with him lately because I feel like he's figured out all the wrong ways to do things and absolutely mastered the right ways to do it so it's like a textbook like I have a Trevor Brazil textbook textbook of how to make a rope horse because man he i mean but but then trying to do it exactly like trevor is not the easiest thing in the world either like it's one thing to know how to do it it's another thing to like try to implement it it's pretty hard yeah like uh, i told, <laughs> talked about earlier about the older guys she's like the older they get the, the more they understand about how the horse works and like mm-hmm. trevor all the events that he's done whether and he's made the final healing too so i respect his game immensely you know so like all these events that he's had these horses he's had to figure out how to ride them accordingly to get the best out of the horse 
And so, like I said, whenever he says something about a horse, whether it's a bit, tie down, you know, how to get the horse to do the right thing, I, I really listen to him. I respect his game a lot. I like to tell him that he's like my barrel horse trainer too, because I'll call him <laughs> and ask him. Like, which he would, he hates it, but like, I'll call him and ask him a, a question that is just about a horse in general. And then I'll tell him, Hey, guess what? You fixed my second barrel. And he will roll his eyes at me big time because yeah. <laughs> my question, even though it sounded like a real horse question was not. <laughs> That's hey everybody, it's Chelsea. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about fastback ropes who are sponsoring our episode today. Their two best sellers are the Cobalt and the Excalibur, their Polyblend Core Ropes. The Cobalt is a perfect combination of poly and dyed nylon, resulting in a highly durable rope. It's medium in diameter and weight, and will likely appeal to ropers who prefer more tip weight and less body or bounce. Fastback's Excalibur is a nylon polyblend with core construction. It's a best seller, and it's another medium in diameter rope and weight with core construction, it's durable, got reduced body and no bounce and swings consistent in all weather. Today's tip is about breaking in ropes. Surprisingly, a lot of people don't understand or know the importance of it. To break in your new ropes and help them last longer, rope 5 to 10 and then loosely coil back up and let it rest for a day or so. This will give the rope time to recover and draw back up. It helps extend the life of your rope. The rope makers at Fastback Ropes recommend that strategy, so I guess you probably all better stick to it. Again, thank you to Fastback for bringing us this episode, and thank you for the Fastback tip of the day. So tell me about the, you mentioned Lucky Bucky, and on our last podcast, we talked about selling one of your good road courses before, and that was like a huge I don't, I'm not going to say mistake, but like a huge turning point in your career when you sold all your good ones and then you were kind of afoot and battling back, you know, with tough times with you not making the finals this year, are are your good ones going to be for sale again? Or are they like, what kind of decisions are you going to have to make as far as good rope horses go? In this game now, especially uh, you have to have one of the best rope horses out in the game, whether you're a header or a healer. To, to get you to where you're at the top of your game, the horse is so important too. Um, my confidence comes a lot from the animal that I'm on at the time. And, and, and Lucky, to me, gives me all the confidence. He fits my style perfect, you know, as far as, especially the rodeos, I, 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 I can't, I, I haven't found, you know, as far as, he, he reminds me of Johnny Ringo, the way he works a lot of the times. To, to get a horse to feel the way he feels, I, I've been looking for that feel for a long time, and 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 it's 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 it's. I don't want to sell him, you know. And I I don't like selling my good rope horses, but uh, that's that's part of of this game. Sometimes um, you, you have to move a few to, to give the next one a, another chance to, to shine. Mm-hmm. What I'm what I'm learning though is 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 how to pick pick my horses. And what I'm learning from Lucky is kind of how to get along with him because Lucky was kind of a he, he's he's a fighter, you know. He he's if you he, if you make him mad, he kind of wants to he bows up a little bit. He 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 you know he's tough tough type of horse. But if you try mm-hmm. to get along with him, he's really really soft and 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 he taught me a lot about how to get along with a horse. 
and the, his his the way he's built to me, he's built perfect for a heel horse. His size, his, his the way his, his shoulders, his hips, it, he's perfectly built. So I'm learning how to pick horses. Uh, you know, the older I get, I'm I'm, I'm finding out the the way horses look. Um, in, in turn is going to uh, a lot of the times going to going to determine how they're going to work. If they're going to if 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 they're going to be able to stop, they got to kind of have a low hock and kind of have a hind end underneath themselves. Or what I'm going to teach them is going to be it's going to be hard for me to teach them what 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 I want them to do. They're not physically capable to do what I want them to do. They're not built the right way, you know. So. So learning learning how to to pick horses is, is key, and 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 finding one that that loves this game as much as that little buckskin horse, it, it's going to be hard because he he really really likes. You have to find a horse that enjoys the the rodeo game as much as you. I know I know it sounds crazy, but like some of the best rope horses, when you put a saddle on them and you get them in the arena and you back them in the box, they, they fire and they work after you just hauled them 12 hours and you know, you're tired and you're sore. You can't imagine how sore the horse is, you know, like think about it. And when they, when they back in there and they, they, they work to the best of their ability, a part of the horse has to like their job. And so to me, finding a horse that, 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 that has the look, that has the, the mental attitude and has the toughness, uh, is very very hard to find for a rodeo or type horse. So I, I'm wanting to stay competitive and, and go rodeo. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm 37. I still got a few good years left in me, I guess. But uh, <laughs> if I'm going to compete, I want the very very best horse because it allows me to have the confidence when I when I when I when I when I heal a steer or rope a steer and I feel like I'm on the you know the best horse. It really uh, Gets my confidence up. If I'm not on, if I feel like I'm not on one of the better horses out there, I feel like my roping doesn't doesn't shine the way it should be. And so I, I've got another horse that I really like a lot. I call Quattro. Um, he's a saw horse. He he's a lot the same way. He's he's a fighter too. He's got a lot of fire in him. And and I I didn't know how to handle those kind of horses back. I think you know back when I was making the finals and when I was first my my career first started out. Um, those kind of horses, you know, I wasn't able to really handle those as good, you know. Annie Oakley, she had tons of fire, but she was real kind as far as wanting to please you. Um, the, the horses that I got right now, at any time, if I wanted to get in a fight with them and kind of, you know, I could mess them up at any time. You know, I try to keep them enjoying it as much as possible. I try to, to ride them when I'm roping. I try to score. I try to, you know, kind of keep them working really sharp and nice and, 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 and making them halfway enjoy it that way when i do ask them to give me all their all they got when it when i go to the rodeo or the, or the jackpot they have it and, and they'll give it to me um just like i said trying trying to i'm learning so much about horses and 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 trying to find the ones that that can go to the elite level um i felt like i struggled when i when i did sell the good horse uh you know, i called biggie back in the day uh I struggled and didn't replace didn't replace him with with what I should have. I kind of um, I, I had a nice horse, but like I said, he wasn't. Uh, I had a mare and, 
and a gelding, but they physically weren't capable of doing what I was wanting them to do. They were nice horses, and and a step lower, um, you know, say say a number nine elite roper would have really that would have been an awesome horse for a person like that. But when you get out here to the to the rodeos, and you get, you need a horse to be able to score, you need a heel horse, and this is a heel horse. You need to be able a heel horse that can score really well. You need a heel horse mm-hmm. that can really that can almost outrun the head horse, and you need a heel horse that can completely drag his hind end. And when you dally, he's got to finish. And when I mean finish, he's got to he's got to pull the head rope, try to pull the head rope out of the head rope hand, you know, out of the header's hand. He's got to really try to finish, and 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 that's gonna pull. That's gonna take you from uh, say I went to a Vern, uh, to to rodeo the other day at Vernal, Utah. Four flat won the rodeo. Four five one one last pull. That's a half a second. And there was tons of four sixes. There was a bunch of four sevens, a bunch of four eights and stuff. The only thing that separates that those those runs right there, it's just tenths of a second. It's just a little bit of a finish here, maybe maybe a better dally here, you know. And and that's what that's pretty important to uh, to be real with the person self whenever you're you want to go rodeo and you want to compete against the best guys in the world. It's it's you got to bring your, your your A game, the best of the best, only kind of can hang out here i really i really feel the best horses and and the 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 headers and healers with the really good attitudes and 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 you know because it's a it's a long it's a year-long deal if 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 you're going to give up you know in february it's going to be hard to make the final you know it's going to you (laughs) got to keep your head down from january all the way to october 1st and then if you make the finals it's, it's you're only halfway home if you make the finals the top 15 guys got another half of the year within 10 days of the NFR to, to, to shine. Mm-hmm. And that's how you pick out your, your world champion. It's a marathon, not a race. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you figured out pretty much that raising horses is not for you in this process. But, well, I, but, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody that, that likes horses loves baby horses for sure and I, I like raising them and, and 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 seeing them you know I had one of my favorite horses of all time Muddy Waters he I got him when he was a yearling from, from Joe Brayman and and to, to see his whole career come come about and now um you know he my, my wife Arena she rides him and she heads and heels on him and breakaways on him and 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 to see all the training that I put in on him you know all, all the process it took to get him to that level it's just really, really cool to see because he was just a little, little turd. You know, when they're when they're yearlings, they're just turds. You know, they they're always in everything. They're, you know, they're, yeah. they're cutting themselves here, they're banging themselves there. You know, it's just. And I've I've had a little bit of bad luck here, here the, the last year or so, year or two with with colts and with babies. But uh, you know, I, I feel like if you're gonna have have a, a young young colts, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with Mr. Bill Myers. And and he he's he's got it down to the science, but his ranch over there is, is beautiful. He had a really good spot to turn them out where they can run up and down the mountains and hills, and they they cross creeks and 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 you know it's just let let letting a horse be a horse. That way, whenever you go to do start competing on them, they know how to move their feet and stuff like that. I think that's pretty important when you raise them in a stall and kind of um, always always have them up. And I just feel like they can't. They, 
they, they, you can teach them how to move their feet the proper way, but you, when, when you get a horse from that's turned out pastures like that and you go to kind of get them to ask them to go do something, usually you get a buck or something like that the first few rides. They, they, they will do something. <laughs> they're, not, they're not deadheads by no means. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, now, what? any idea as far as you rope with Jackson Tucker this year, um, as far as after in the fall when you get things going again in September, what are your plans for partners? Uh, I told Jackson that, you know, he, he's, he's a great kid. I, I enjoy roping with him. He comes from a great family. He's got good horses. Uh, great attitude for for a kid his age. You know, he's, he's got a lot of a lot of stuff going for him. Um, you know, the, these rodeos, I, I feel real bad because I when I quit riding them horses and stuff, I went to rodeo in a little bit, and I, I didn't I didn't have have uh, the second half to to the the season as as good as I should have, and I run a little bit low on funds. And, and as anybody that's rodeoed out here knows that uh, it's it's pretty pretty expensive out here. If, person doesn't doesn't win uh, accordingly and the big rodeos they, they they you know the cheyennes the the napa idahos all these big rodeos where they were you can win 10 15 twenty thousand dollars at some of these rodeos those were huge hits and 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 uh you know when i did me and jackson we placed and we, we we did good but when we did win it, it wasn't wasn't enough to keep the money rolling and uh, so like i said i'm taking a break for a little while kind of going back to my next passion, which is teach, teaching people how to rope, and uh, I might get a few outside horses. Uh, I might just my goal now uh, it's changed. You know, it's actually 24 hours. I kind of made this this, this decision, but um, I, I like to stay in the top 35 and and uh, kind of hold my position that way. That way, I get in all the winter rodeos. Hopefully, they everything mm-hmm. goes back to normal, and and the winter rodeos will go. Uh, let everybody go. I just I just I, I know it probably won't ever go back to normal, else. But I, I really wish, I really hope the rodeos go back to normal next year. Uh, that would, that would, yeah. that would make make my heart happy for sure. But um, I, I I haven't ever, you know, I miss my boys a lot. The last 15 years, I, I spent 16 years. I've been dedicating my life to to being a world champion team roper, and uh, you know, the last 10 years, I, I've spend a lot of time away from the house and uh right now my, my boys are in montana at uh my my, my mother-in-law's place in, in Polson, montana so i, I i'm actually going to do a few lessons and, and try to go spend some time with the boys go to the lake and kind of I, I miss them a lot you know um, it's uh there's only one thing that i love more than than, than, than roping and, and going to the rodeos is hanging out with the boys so any, any time that I, like I said, I'm going to go try to hustle that, do some lessons, but I'm going to go try to spend time with the boys a little bit this summer. They're going fishing and, and skiing and, and kind of being little wild boys, and I like to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and Arena's been roping. That's so exciting. Yes, yes. Uh, she's been uh, very exciting for me, too. I've been, been wanting her to get, get back into the game the last few years, especially with the, the breakaway and, and, and the, the roping pain as much as it, it has been. And uh, you know, I, I that that muddy horse. She's she's always really liked that horse, and he's 11 years old now, and he's really coming to his own the last few years. He just, I feel like he's he's talented. He, he's good at everything. Like you know, he can head, he can heal. 
I've never run barrels on him before, but I'm sure he'd make a barrel horror. So, I, you know, I'd hate to put a flank strap on him and make him bust, but I, you know, I, I bet you can make him bust too. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just an awesome horse. I just, I, I'm really, really blessed and thankful that Joe Brayman uh, was thinking about me when, when he, when he gave me the horse. And, uh, yeah. uh he, he's just uh, talented and I, I'm just glad he's going to take him and, and, and do all the good, good with him. Cause I feel like I, all the good as I got out of him as a heel horse, I feel his true talent was a head as a head horse. He's built a little bit bigger, and I felt like I had to help him out mm-hmm. with shortening up his stride and spending time with Dakota. He taught me how to shorten one stride up a little bit running down the arena. If you had one that's a little bit longer strided, and I, I, I struggled with that with him a lot. And, and by showing him how to shorten up his stride when he, when he got to the cow, uh, really changed his game when it got to being a heel horse, but it hadn't, he just, he just got to run. And when he got to the stair, he, he kind of knew how to shorten up the stride naturally. And, and shoot, Hedden was, was from day one, he was always a really cool head horse. So mm-hmm. thankful arena and, and him are, are getting to rope and, and uh, rope together and hopefully they'll, they'll do a lot of winning together too. Yeah, absolutely. My, um, are you my, talking- my two favorites together. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Your wife is one of my favorites. That's for sure. She's awesome. Now, are you, the world is a pretty crazy place right now, obviously. And with the COVID, with COVID and all kinds of things going on in the country, are you talking to your boys a lot about what is going on in the world as a whole? And how do you talk to them? And how do you tell them like kind of where their place is in in the grand scheme of things right now? That's a hard question. To be honest with you, I don't want to get too political with it else but like you know i i got a different different stance on it but i try to tell them to be good people i mean if you're a good person people will respect you and 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 that's what it comes down to i don't care what color you are as long as you're a good person Uh, that goes a long ways with me and you know i i'm just you know i I want them i brought i'm bringing them up in in crazy times you know and i that i stress out about that more more than anything else i just I just want them to be smart and responsible, and like I said, uh, try to be a good person, love everybody, and and you know, I, I I tell them all the time, you know, Jesus died for everybody. He didn't die just for for certain people. He died for everybody, and, and mm-hmm. God 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 loves everybody, you know. So um, I try to keep them keep them with that because they're really sweet, good little boys. Um, you know, I my, my family did a great job with me raising me but you know going to the public schools that I went to and outside of outside of my home you know being around the places that I was at I had to grow up pretty fast and and I got to see a lot of things that little kids shouldn't see and and so I I'm I'm thankful that that they're able to to kind of be little boys for for as long as possible that's why you know when 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 June started going down and there was a lot of riots happening and stuff I live in I live in Phoenix, you know, and I I know how crazy the towns can be. I I know what it's like to live in in, in kind of a, a a big city, and so I was really worried about it. And so whenever it was safe enough for them, you know, because they were right in all the big towns, I I I sent them up to Montana as fast as possible, and and I'm thankful I did too, because you know with all the stuff going down and, and crazy stuff that's happening. Uh, that I'm seeing, you know, going to these places that I get to go to, um, mm-hmm. they're they're in a little town in Augusta, Montana.
Montana, and then they're at the lake house in Folsom. You know, the population not very many. There's not very many people up there. And they yeah, get to be how nice boys. they, they get, can get Yeah. Yes, that's that's what I just. It, with all the craziness going down, they still are able to be little boys and go hunt and fish, and and like I said, be be happy, and and, and that's more than anything. I know I know parents. That's all they want for their kids is to just to be happy, and that's. That's all I hope for is that they're happy little boys. That's wonderful. I know there's probably a lot of parents that, that wish they could do that. That's so such a blessing that you guys are able to do that for them, for sure. That's such a blessing. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm glad we finally got to do part two of this podcast. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate everything you do for me. Oh, good. Caesar, thank you so much. Have a good one and um, holler if you need anything while you're in Colorado. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have a good day. Thanks. Thank you all for making it the whole way through the score. Stay tuned. We've got a fun little extra part of the interview coming up right after this last Fastback commercial. Thank you again, Fastback Ropes, for sponsoring the score. Um, especially with this conversation with your great endorsee, Cesar De La Cruz. All right, we're going to wrap up with three quick questions that you have to answer fast, okay? It's a new thing I'm doing. I'm trying it out okay. with you. Okay. First. <laughs> All right. You got to answer it. Just first thing that comes to your mind, um, but it should be pretty easy. I'm warning you. Uh, all right. What bit is on your competition bridle right now? Sunny Silva. All right. Uh, what rope is in your rope bag right now? The Venom Hard Medium Fast Pack. <laughs> Good. Um, if you could have one horse in the game right now, you could take somebody's best horse who would you take and why i don't want anybody's horse i want lucky bucky he's my favorite i've i've been been wanting a horse that can score that can run that can do all the stuff that he can do and uh that's that's why i'm still out here if i, I wouldn't be out here i feel like i got the best horse in the game that's awesome but that's your answer